Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Burke-Robert. This is a podcast where we talk about stuff. Bow, bow, bow. We have a lot of stuff to talk. A lot of stuff to talk about today, don't we, Ash? Absolutely. You know, we we took a week off. We gave you guys an oldie but a goodie. An oldie but a good week. Good, good week. <laughs> <laughs> a Patreon app. So we're going to tell you about how we spent our Valentine's Day this year. We're going to tell you about all the shenanigans we've been up to and about a special show we've been watching. You might know it. It's on Netflix. Say it with me. Love is Blind Season 2. Hey, listen, if we don't get to all those topics, don't you worry. Okay, we'll be talking about them at some other point on a different podcast. I mean, honestly, the cup overfloweth with today's topics. So who knows? We'll try. We're really, really going to try. Um, so, uh, Ash, what do you, where, where would you like to start? I'd like to start with Valentine's Day. Mm, how do you wh- feel about that? How romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was off, coming off the heels of the Super Bowl. Super Bowl was fun. Nothing to report. The Rams won. We live in Los Angeles. Pretty exciting. I have, I'll have to say I've lived in sports towns before, and this was, by and large, is that the correct use of that? By and large, the least celebratory win I've seen. Some people shot fireworks, and that was about it. Yeah, I mean, the Rams, like, I don't know, I guess they were in L.A. like 50 years ago or something like that, and now they came back to L.A. a couple years ago, and they share a stadium with another team that just showed up in L.A., and I don't know. There's a real disconnected feeling. It's not really a Rams town, I would say. It's not a Rams town. They'd like you to believe it, though, with all this, with all the signage. We have a bar that's right next to us that was very, very excited to tell us that this is where you watch our Rams yeah. on the Super Bowl. And uh, I just feel like nobody gave a shit. Really. Yeah, so, I agree. So there you go. But it was a fun hang nonetheless, fun to watch football. And then the next day, we woke up a little tired. You know, we had fun the night before. We were a little sleepy and we hadn't really put together any sort of um, serious plans for Valentine's Day. We had ideas. I was going to buy us a romantic dance class that we were going to do on Zoom that Nick was, I think it's pretty fair to say, absolutely against with every fiber of his body. Well, at first... And then I was like, I guess this is what we're doing. So I had resigned myself to it. I didn't really understand what the concept was. Never was sent a link. Never was really explained what it was. Even to this day, I still don't really get it. I think I found out at the last minute that we wouldn't be seen on Zoom. And then I I just didn't really understand them what we were doing, why we wouldn't just turn on like the music video channel and just dance in front of that. Like I just didn't understand why we had to sign up for something so uh you know paying to like turn your computer on and dance in front of the screen when you're not having any interaction with anybody it seemed and also like i guess we would learn a dance yes so angela trimber who was on road rules and the challenge i think she did one season of the challenge she's an actress and she's also a dance teacher she recently moved to new york i have this like shifting reality with this woman where I've been following her on social media for years and just kind of feel like, wow, me and this gal could be friends. Like that's my whole, that's, that's the vibe I get off of her. It's like, I'd like to be friends with her. And not only that, I feel like she'd like to be friends with me too. I don't know what it is. I feel like we'd click. 
And so when I was moving to LA, when Nick and I were moving to LA, I was like, I wonder if I'll like run into Angela in any sort of social situations once life is back to normal after the Delta, after the Omicron, because we do share some similar uh, friends and acquaintances. So I was like, that would be cool because I've, I've been, uh, she's been on my radar for years. I wonder if we'll become pals. And as I was moving to LA, she was moving to Brooklyn. And as she was moving to Brooklyn, I realized she was moving in to our old neighborhood. And I'm pretty sure she's on our old street. So isn't that for some sliding doors type reality? It's interesting. I had no idea this is the person that you were talking about. I do recognize this person from the uh, MTV world. Um, and, uh, you know, she seems like she was at least on one challenge in like the heyday of the challenge. Uh, she was on Battle of the Sexes 2, which is definitely the heyday of the challenge. Um, I think she was eliminated early. I don't think she ever had a definitely chance. Definitely never made any waves. I also did not, uh, I did not watch enough Real World to feel comfortable about commenting on Real World. As a matter of fact, it's one of my really dark spots when it comes to reality. Road rules. Road rules. Yeah, I was about to say, real world, that's your brightest spot. Uh, I would say the challenge is my brightest spot. But uh, just now, just because I have But it's definitely not a dark spot. It's not a dark spot. Road rules, which (laughs) uh, this uh, Angela Trimbler was on. Trimber? (laughs) Timber? Trimber. Uh, I, I just, I watched a couple of seasons when I was very young. It for some reason just wasn't doing it for me. It never hooked me either. I don't think there was enough drama. Like yeah. I really like people waking up and arguing. That's right. sort of like my forte. Um, but in this, it was just a lot more about adventure and I don't know. I find, I find adventure to be for the birds mm. quite literally. Mm. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, but I do recognize her from the challenge and from just like the MTV world. And I feel like if you'd have sold that on me a little bit harder and told me this, that this is the person running it, probably would have been quicker to be like, all right, let's check this out. So she was hosting a dance, a night of dance for lovers at the Bell House in Brooklyn. And then they were going to Zoom it so people all over the country and the world could watch. And so basically she was going to teach you uh, dance moves with your partner to enhance romance. So I told Nick we were doing this and he's like, uh, 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 okay. And I never really bought tickets because I, you know, you don't want to force someone to dance romantically with you. But eventually he was like, okay, sure. If you want to do it, I'll do it. And then so I was, that that was our loose plan, but I'd never bought tickets. So when we woke up on Monday and we had a very chill Monday morning, um, that was Valentine's Day. Nick got me some sweet presents. Now notice there was no show that day. That was part of our, our Valentine's Day to one another. Yeah. Just to not have to last minute crank out a show, which if you can see what time this was loaded is kind of what's <laughs> happening right now. We're not uh, great with holidays. Or really any sort of responsibility <laughs> that we don't absolutely have to do because we will get fired if we don't do it. Hey, it's President's Day. It is President's Day. And you know we're big President's Day fans. So yeah, we are You're didn't... lucky we didn't just drop the President's Day Patreon on y'all's asses. <laughs> We did not release an episode on Valentine's Day because after presents, Nick looked at me and he said, hey, do you want to just like go to Universal Studios? Well, so this is how it really went. Valentine's Day, not a national holiday. I had work that day. Okay. I, at the moment, uh, am the person that has like a a job in which they have to be in front of a computer at a a certain amount of time each each and every week. Monday, Valentine's Day. I knocked my job out of the park. 
my superior basically says, hey, we're done for the day. So I look and it's like, I don't know, 1130 or something like that. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't expect to be done for another five hours. Uh, let's, uh, let's go do something cool. And so I, I kind of looked at Ashley and I said, let's do Universal. What do you think? And Ashley was like, yup, let's do it. Which was pretty brave of me because I did not feel great. Not in the COVID way, but in the hungover way. My stomach was mm, questionable. As Ashley mentioned before, we had just come from the Super Bowl <laughs> the night before and Ashley had a few soda pops. <laughs> Um, as they call them on TV or something. Uh, so listen, my I was queasy, but I wanted to get on those rides anyway. She was she's queasy, coming off a real bad back, on the verge <laughs> of a real bad neck. <laughs> <laughs> and we managed to fit this motherfucker right in. I'm and, falling uh, apart. I was pretty surprised. I too had a few soda pops the night before. <laughs> But not like Ashley. Uh, I may have had more, but just I didn't have them in the fashion that Ashley did, which was uh, hard and fast. Well, I came from the night before. I mean, full disclosure, the night Come before. Come on, let's let it rip now, Ash. I was in the desert with some ladies, okay, doing a women's retreat at Joshua Tree. And we started partying in, on Saturday. So it really just it went straight from Saturday into Monday. And, and, then, then, and then in a Universal. <laughs> and uh, then pulled right up to Universal Studios. So we had never been to Universal Studios before. It was our first time. Uh, and... So we didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. I had been to Uni- I, I've been to Universal Studios Orlando um, a few times in my day. I uh, had never been to any Universal Studios property ever. But the last time I went, I was probably like 13 years old. Right. So long time ago. Um, Hard and to remember that. I remember. I remember the Blues Brothers nah. uh, car rolling around. <laughs> I remember so I remember Beetlejuice then. Oh wow. Now. Yeah. Wow. So uh I just didn't know you know, I'd definitely never been to the Hollywood uh Universal, so I had no idea what to think. So we kinda just cruised over there just kinda not knowing shit. First and foremost though, you should know, dear listener, that when we looked it up, this was a big part of us deciding to go. It was seventeen minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> so we were yeah, like, it's like Yeah, fifteen minutes. We'll, we'll know, go so to Universal. We're like, Okay. So we just hopped in the car and we were just there. Yeah. Uh and uh the park was not packed Mm-mm. um but before we got into the park we got online and just were planning on buying just like regular tickets and uh boy the tickets to universal are not cheap i i did think they'd be more close to six flags prices. absolutely i thought they'd be under a hundred dollars yeah they were not they were not but when you get up there it's like would you like a ticket for the day or for twenty dollars more a, a ticket for the year, it's, a season pass. It's not that drastic, but it's close. It's I close. Mean, I think it was like... Uh, I think it was a $40 difference. Yes. Yeah. $40. So we would pay less than, you know, less than a price of one ticket between the two of us to sort of amp both of our tickets up in order to be like Gold Pass members or some shit. Yeah. And I think we we did the math on the line and... We have to go two and a half times. We in, have to go, yeah, two and a half in, times. In order to be like making our money back. Yeah. You know, I think if we go two times, like we're good to go. If the we go, two, yeah, if we go two times, we've hit, e- we've hit even. We've decided that at some point in the next calendar year, Ashley and I have to figure out how to get to Universal t- two more times. Which is 17 minutes away. Yes. Yeah, so I think we'll do it based on what we do with Disney. Fingers crossed. We've made our, we've made our tickets back on Disney uh, a couple of times <clears throat> now yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, they should be 
paying. They're basically <laughs> paying us at this point. Actually, with they're Disney. not because uh, I've seen my bank account and uh, yeah. still costs money. When yeah, you have a ticket. Still, it's interesting. It is funny how food is not free there. Yeah, but you're like, but Genie I, Plus. I basically work here. Right. So, um, and people are like, I work here actually, and I, I have to pay for food. Yeah. Go, okay. Okay. Um. So we did it. We got ourselves some, I don't know, some passes to get ourselves into Universal whenever we want. We were pretty happy that we did that retroactively even more than just the the price difference on the tickets because we got there, I don't know, maybe like 1.30, something like that, and the guy said the place was closing at 6. After we paid, he goes, uh, park closes at 6, and yeah. we're like, huh? We hadn't like gotten, we didn't like walk through the gates till like 2.15 yeah. when it was all said and done. So I'm like, oh, huh, oh, okay. And then I kind of walked away, I'm like that. And then like it occurred to me like, oh, shit, what if we had bought the tickets for the day? And we had to spend like $200 on tickets and then we would have had like three hours in a park yeah. before we had to like get the hell out of there. We'd be pissed. We'd be pissed. So it all worked out. Universal closes early every day pretty much. It's um, really strange. It was closing six that day and just to check it out a few days ago during the week, like same deal during the week, I went and checked uh, the closing hours. It was five. <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? And then on weekends, it seems to close at seven. So, and it opens at 10. So I, th- I think the move is, you know, if you're going to go, you got to go early. Yeah. If you want to make the whole day of it. Or you just go, you ride a ride and you leave. We walked around the park. There weren't many people in there. We headed straight to Harry Potter land and uh, had, we, we passed the butterbeer. We looked at it. We said, we'll get back to you later. And then we went on Harry Potter's Forbidden Ride. Is that the name of it? Nah, it's some other fucking thing. Hey. You're talking. Why are you looking it up? Well, we went on this ride, and it was in Hogwarts. Uh, And I don't know, forced perspective. I don't know what the deal is, but the Hogwarts that they have there, uh, the view of it is unbelievable. I don't know how they make it look like it's a giant damn uh, building that, uh, but it... It can't be that big. It's just forced perspective, right? I mean, it's like, so absolutely stunning and wonderful yeah, it's to like go breathtaking. to. Breathtaking. It's not called Harry Potter World. It's called the Wizarding Wizarding World of Harry Potter. They could have they could have tried a different name there. Yeah, I feel like Wizarding World. Um, yeah, the forced perspective. Hogwarts looms over you in the distance. It looks like um, exactly what you think Hogwarts would look like. And then you go into this ride, which is in Hogwarts. It's called Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. And you're basically on a broom as if you're flying and you start in a Quidditch game and then you go on a wild adventure through the world of Hogwarts and Harry Potter. And it was, I think, maybe one of the best rides I've ever been on. It's certainly one of the more like viscerally intense rides I've been on. Um, And yeah, maybe one of the best just because of the combination of kind of the screen ride where you're kind of moving around and the screen makes you feel like you're going places and then bouncing to sort of like a physical dark ride with animatronics with animatronics and stuff like that and it's it's a scary ride yeah i want to say nick got scared <laughs> it was scary oh you didn't get scared nah i was cool because they dip you backwards like you're gonna fall out of the thing yeah. and then they start like scaring you with stuff so like not only are you having things in your face but you also feel like you have to hold on for your life it's the whomping willows coming at you there are death eaters everywhere it was really 
a fantastic experience. That because we... I don't get the thrill of like, oh, it's the Whomping Willow. I don't know what the fuck a Whomping Willow <laughs> is. It just seems like terror is coming at me, and I don't get any of the references. Shocked that we did not really wait in line. Like we walked through the longest queue ever, which was so fun because it's in Hogwarts. So like the pictures are moving. Everything that you expect Hogwarts to be like on the inside is represented there. Um, but yeah, I was really surprised that there was no wait. And then we got right on something about Universal that I'm really into. And I don't know, Nick, I think you might disagree with me on this. But Universal, every ride that you go on offers free lockers. So you like can check your stuff in before you go on the ride. You get out, you grab your stuff. Six Flags. Okay, not to bring Six Flags into this, but they're charging like $5 a locker for an hour or something outrageous like that. Oh, they don't give a shit if you lose all your stuff. I mean, Universal seems to care. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it seems like the more uh, crazy rides have the lockers sort of next to them. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that ride in particular, I made the mistake of keeping my phone in my pocket and uh, shouldn't have because the I do a thing where every ride I'm on ever now, what I do is I'm on the ride and I can't fully enjoy the ride because I always have one hand on some stuff that I'm holding, <laughs> whether it be like a bag hat, uh, or a hat or my cell phone. In this case, on that ride, it was my cell phone. It was in my pocket, but I was being dipped backwards in a way and like shaken to the point where I was like, oh, this is the exact angle that my phone would just kind of slip out of my yeah. pocket. So I had to have one hand on my pocket. The other hand pretty sure I was holding myself from falling out like it was quite a wild experience uh and then later we went on a ride um and this is the other uh have to hold things uh situation where we went on the uh Transformers ride another screen ride that you have to kind of sit and you get moved around pretty violently you get shaken and and uh, that ride uh, a Disney pin fell off my bag and landed on the ground and I had to, while the whole crazy ride was going on, I had a Disney pin pinned between my two sneakers. And I couldn't move my feet in any way uh, for fear that the Disney pin was going to be shaken out and thrown yeah. somewhere and I wouldn't be able to get it. And you can't bend down and get it because you're Could, strapped, strapped in. Strapped in. So I was just mostly focused on the Disney pin. Now, I had that happen with me in Disney one time on... Um, what is the ride? Not you. It's the, the one that your dad hurt his neck on. Everest. Everest. I had that happen with Everest where I had, I was like wearing my fanny pack around my chest, kind of like a sling bag. And one of the pins came off and I had to like press my shoulder against the seat to hold it on. Um, Got to get those locking backs. We baby. have to get the locking <laughs> backs. You know, I do feel like I might have cursed you before that the day of Universal because you pulled out the fanny with your pins on it, and I said, uh, "Don't forget to check the back of your pins." Because I always do an extra push on a day, a park day, just make sure they're on there snugly. And you were like, "I always do a push." Did you say that? Yeah, I normally push them in while I'm like getting the bag. Yeah. But I never touch them ever, and I never have a problem. But that day, I did have a problem. But these rides are were a little bit more violent you these know, were jumbly jambly things, things rides. Were, sh- were shaking around a little bit more yeah plus i you know in and out of the lockers with the bag 
I feel like I shouldn't. I should just not take a bag to these places. It's kind of annoying. it's tough. It is tough. We were listening to um, the Disneyland Weekly uh, podcast. DL Weekly. I don't know if you guys listen to it. We like to listen to it on our way to Disneyland because it gives us like an update of all the cool new snacks and like what rides are going to yeah, be closed. Yeah, they pretty much just talk about food. There's just like it's a news podcast. It's a DL Weekly podcast. They give you all the news. So they're like. Pirates is down until May 3rd or whatever. And like, this is the churro that's available in the park this week. So we like to get all of our information and then we discuss what snacks we're going to have. But we were listening to one, a podcast yesterday where they were talking to a, a husband and wife team that had designed a specific book bag for Disney. And uh, I got to say, I'm pretty tempted. Uh, it's got all the pockets. It's got all the clips. And I don't think you'd be losing pins with that one. You could, I think. Actually, they sell you in the bag. They give you... They give uh, you 10 forever locks. Forever locks, yeah. Um, but uh, okay, so let's go okay, back okay, to Okay, let's our, go back. Let's go back. You ready? Yeah, let's go back. Okay, so we go on the forbidden journey. We went on the forbidden journey. And then what did we do? I think we got butterbeer. That's right. That. Yep. And we they, they, they serve two. Uh, one is a frozen. One is just... Draft. A draft. And uh, we, we shared them. Yeah, we split them. And they're like really just like intensely sweet... Uh, uh, cream sodas. I disagree. I feel like mm. they're cream sodas, but they are not as, as as sweet as a cream soda. There's a little bit more of a bite to them. So, because I couldn't, I think cream sodas are too sweet, and I feel like these were less sweet than a cream soda. And another big surprise that I had with these is that I'm a frozen gal. I love frozen beverages. I love crushed ice. I love slushies. So when we got the two different beverages, because Nick was like, let's try them both. Just like, you know, aren't our first time. Let's just have a taste of both. I was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to be drinking the frozen one. And I think I like the draft better. I like the frozen one better. There you go. Tastes more like ice cream. I like the draft better. It had like more of a robust sort of creamy texture to it. Now, is that something they drink in Harry Potter? Yes. But in Harry Potter, in the book, books, I'm 90% sure that it is a little alcoholic. Like it's like a small, small percent, but not in real life. And and the kids drink them? Yeah. mm -hmm. I think it's got like 1% alcohol. Like they get them at bars and stuff. When the kids go into town, they'll get a butterbeer. Um, I think it's like a, a super light alcoholic. I think I might be making it up, but I feel like I've read that somewhere. Well, we'll have to find out. Um, we definitely sat, not alcoholic in this park. Though. Definitely not. We sat down. We, we drank our butter beers. We watched kids run around with wands, making things happen in the park. By uh, They have like a little map. It's sort of like a scavenger hunt type thing. You get a map. You get a wand. You go to a spot. You say your little abracadabra. And then, um, you know, a door moves. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> it looked cool. I mean, the, the whole little the land looks cool. The Wizarding World. It's fun. It's fun to be in the uh, Wizarding World. We went on world. some uh, little roller coaster. What was the theming there? Yeah, it was like a griffin nest or something. It was pretty lackluster, that was roller lackluster. coaster. There was like one little shitty robot like that was like that came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was fine. It was fine. Um, and then we left there and went to a different land in which we went on a couple of like more of like the e-ticket rides. Uh, I think first we went to Springfield and we walked around the Simpsons land. Yeah, we walked around a little bit. But the Simpsons ride Simpsons was down. Simpsons ride was down. The food looks terrible. Like the, the food crusty burger bad. and stuff. Like I was thinking like, what is like the themed food besides the butter beer I should try? It doesn't seem like anything. It seems like there's like a, um, 
a Homer donut. Yeah, the pink donut with sprinkles is yeah, everywhere. It but it looks like, huge. Yeah, it seems like they sell like a cake that is that. But I think you could also probably go and wait online and get just like a regular donut. I just feel like that would ruin my day. I would be so well, tired. Had, like, two butter beers. Yeah. Time to lay down. Don't need it. I, at that point, was feeling a little ill already. Then we went and got one on some rides. Um, yes. Then we went down to the lower level, which has like a bunch of classic rides from like 90s um, intellectual property. Like we went on the mummy ride. Yes. It's just like a carnival roller coaster in the dark. Uh, people yeah. seem to love it. I thought it was fine. I liked the, the beginning of it is not a carnival. The beginning of it is like Indiana Jones in Disneyland. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Is it all going to be like this? And then you go into another room and it's just a roller coaster in the dark with like cardboard cutouts yeah. kind of over top. And it, I guess the fun thing is it goes real fast and uh, then it... Uh, goes to the end and then it goes backwards i was pretty surprised by how short all of the rides were like except for the 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 harry potter ride was long that's what i was about to say except for the harry potter ride the three rides we're about to talk about mummy transformer and not jurassic park mummy transformer and then the harry potter roller coaster those were like over in like 45 seconds i thought transformers was kind of long you did it might have been because I was ho- trying to hold on to that pin the whole time. Yeah. And also, I that was the last screen ride that we could do. Uh, I think we did, that was, I guess, two screen rides we did. Yeah. We, I mean, the Harry Potter ride's a screen ride. Bum- Mummy was a screen ride in the beginning. Th- this ride, the Transformers ride, made me sick. The Transformers ride is all screen. And- I, I did not like it. I don't like Transformers enough that it makes any difference to me what we're doing in the ride. It just makes me sick. It's just Yeah, you have too- 3D glasses. Ugh, please. I don't want the 3D glasses. Stop giving me 3D glasses. I, I thought the Transformer shit. ride was absolutely incredibly amazing and it's like was such a fun fun ride it just jostled me a little too much it really made me sick um you're getting shaken back and forth and sideways and it's just like my spine can only take so much yeah yeah i'm just not into it uh you know when i went to universal as a kid uh there was a couple of those rides um number one being um the Back to the Future ride. Ooh. People talk about this all the time. I mean, this is like one of the, I think, that, I feel like it was the first ever like video. What do they call those rides? I think Screen Ride. Whatever is, it is, yeah. Screen Ride. It was like, I think it may have been the first ever like one. I know mm. it was the first time I'd ever experienced it. So the idea of being on it was very cool. Yeah. Where like you're doing the thing, and you're like, I could tell I wasn't, you know, I wasn't tricked into thinking I was moving around. But the technology and sensation itself was pretty awesome. That was like the ride in kid. and of itself. Yeah, it was like, holy shit. But th- and then the the theming of the ride was one of my favorite movies and maybe one of the more beloved movies of like the last 50 years, which is the Back to the Future franchise. I mean, geez, I'm surprised like, there hasn't been a reboot. I cannot believe they haven't tried to remake that uh, movie. It's I mean, wild that they took it away. And dear and they, Lord, please don't do a reboot. I, oh, oh, you're talking. Oh, there will be a reboot. Just I mean, of the franchise. Yeah, like, oh, there will. Be. I'm surprised there hasn't been, but I would like there not to be. But um, give me a series that ha- here's what I'd take not to 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 go off on a tangent here. I'd take a series on like Paramount Plus or something like that or HBO Go or whatever it is, Max, and have it be like revolving around, you know, time and like 
uh, the DeLorean shows up somewhere else mm. at a different time with two different people. You're saying you'd take a spinoff like a Cobra Kai. I would take a Cobra Kai situation. Yeah, just to get a little bit more out of the world. Right. You know, they... Well, I, you like world building. I'm talking about straight up remakes. No, I don't want any remakes. And actually, I think there is some sort of a contract or something that they signed about this movie that they're never going to actually do that to these movies. Incredible. I I, I, I may, it might be the exact opposite, but I do remember <laughs> like the past cause cause like the 40th or something yeah. showed up and there was a lot of talk about the movies and everything. There was some sort of like, Hey, by the way, like if they, apparently if they ever do this movie X, Y, and Z all have to be included mm. in it or like, they signed a contract that they can't remake this movie for 80 years or so. There's like some weird stipulation about this movie because rest assured, it's enough of a, of a, like a name that they would have done this already. Yeah, it's a hit. You know, there are also, there's a comic book series um, that's that was kind of fun. It may even still be running somewhat uh, from the comic book company IDW, I believe. And they were like the, the misadventures of like, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the dude? Uh, who's Michael J. Fox's character? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, come on. Brandon Fraser. What? Michael <laughs> J. Fox's character is Brandon Fraser? No. Doc and Doc Marty. And Marty. There was like, like Marty and Doc like in between oh. like these movies kind of like getting I it. I think I bought you a couple of those comics to read. Did I not? No, you did not. Oh, okay. But they're really fun. They're like, Kids comics kind of. Yeah. And, uh, but it's just like, hey, guess what else? Like between these like times and movies or right after the third movie, like they did a couple of other things too. And it was kind of fun. Mm. And, like little adventures and like little serialized things. I'm sure that they could pull. And it was all supposedly canon. So that means like they, cool. they could pull some of that stuff and make like a movie. I mean, they're doing it with aliens right now. I mean, alien is coming to TV. Do you think there's any, um, any connection between Doc and Marty and Rick and Morty? Oh, that's totally like they like, did that on purpose, they, right? I, th- I, I absolutely, and I think that it's uh, supposed to be like, uh, like because hey, they look like them what too. If, what, yeah, like what if Back to the Future was like on drugs? Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Absolutely. I, I kind of feel like that's what that is. Yeah. Um. Anyway, getting away from it, going back to my original Universal trips. I loved that ride. It was mm. so much fun. I loved the idea that I was in this world. It, the actual actors were in it. Um, oh, that's cool. Um, not Michael J. Fox. Oh. Like he was somewhere else, <laughs> but it was somebody, it was uh, Biff and Doc were both in it. It was oh. like, it was like basically we get into the car and Doc is trying to sh- tell us about like uh, space travel or not, or uh, time travel. Yeah. And then, uh, Something happens where Biff shows up and like hits a button yes. and now we're flying through time and we're trying to catch him. And cool. So you're on your own little adventure like you're in the movie. Why didn't they keep that? Don't know. I mean, it's just old. Yeah. It was old. Um, and so I enjoyed that. Ever since then, every single ride that I've ever been on, aside from Soren has been less fun for me as, Soren, as more why advanced is they get so different in that way because i was a different thinking, screen it's a different ride mechanism yeah it's not the same as i was that. thinking about that with all of the um screen rides that we went on in universal i was like why is why does soren not make me a little queasy it's like and it doesn't hurt my eyes like soren is you feel fully immersed it's, it's an immersive experience there was right after um, I, either they got rid of the Back to the Future ride 
or maybe they overlapped a little because I went on this too. The second ride they had there that was like this was a Spider-Man ride. Mm. And you're basically, it was kind of fun where you were in like the car and you're like, hey, meeting Spider-Man. And then all of a sudden Doc Ock shows up and he grabs you. And then like you're having the sensation of being like thrown through the thing. And then all of a sudden the web catches you and he throws and Spider-Man cool. saves you and throws you back. So you're like, you're like basically shrapnel in like a, uh, in like a scene from from Spider-Man. He's trying to save us. It's kind of like what Transformers is doing. So you've been on two different Spider-Man rides when they were owned by different uh, production and yes. uh, broadcasting networks. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I guess Universal and Disney. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. cool. This ride, the Web Slingers, when we went the on that. The one at Disney, in, yeah. At, at, uh, California okay. Adventure. It is like one of their hot rides right now. It's and I, just not it's not for me. I don't understand why. It's like the the wait times leading up to this. When Nick and I first started going to Disney when we moved to LA, it would be like it would be like an hour and 30 minutes for web slingers. And we were like, I guess we'll just never go on that ride. Or like we planned on trying to get there early. And- don't give me a job when I get on the ride. This is something I do not like that Disney is starting to do. They are giving you a job. So you get on the ride, the Millennium Falcon ride, which is to me, maybe the worst of all of these, uh, like screen rides. I don't know. I, we had a I really hard it. time the last time we were on the Millennium it's Falcon. such a bore of a ride. And well, then, you like, just feel like you're responsible for something. You, yeah, but you're you not panic. actually. The thing does the thing anyway. It doesn't. I think it does the thing anyway, yeah. So you have to like, Ashley and I were both uh, pilots, pilots. And so we had to like aim. Like for some reason she had to go up and down and I was doing left and right as if that makes any goddamn sense. And, uh, you know, they things light up and they force you to touch them. And you're worried about touching these things and hitting these things that you're not really allowed to like relax and enjoy the ride that, that you're on sucks um and web slingers you're you're shooting webs at things and throwing things around and it looks pretty fantastic yeah and the actual mechanism of like you throwing your hand a certain way and slinging stuff and then throwing things around works it's it's crazy how it works on that scale still boring i prefer the midway mania and the and like, you know, where you have like a little mini game where we're shooting. Yes, yeah. But even that is a shitty ride. Yeah. I mean, it's just a carnival game that moves. Um, so, I'm, I mean, we're, let's just we're, say it's no Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Right. Well, let's we're going we're, we're going back to Universal. Okay. Anyway, so we get to the Transformers ride and I'm already kind of sick and I don't really want to do this stuff anymore. Anyway, at this point, like the screen rides, I was just like done with it. And then we get on this ride and I got pretty ill. I, th- I tried to p- bounce back as much as possible being how much we fucking spent to be in the park <laughs> at that time. And so I was just like, I'm just going to we're going to chill. We'll figure it out. And then uh, we kind of walked around, explored a little bit. I got a pin. You got a pin. Oh, this is what I was uh, my my biggest problem with these screen rides at Universal. Yeah. These screens are not bright enough. Yes. They are dark, sort of. I agree. Like when you're watching your TV and you're realizing you need to buy a new TV because it's like fading out a little bit. Screen's too dark. It's too dark. It's not vibrant. The screen for Soren is a vibrant screen. You literally feel like without having 3D glasses on that you could walk into the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, if you're sitting at certain angles, you can kind of see maybe the edge of the screen. Don't look around. Just don't look around. <laughs> it's very hard to not see the edges of the screens in the Universal rides. Yeah. You move your head in one angle and all of a sudden you're seeing just like a movie screen and it, it, it the, the lights are not bright enough. 
more light bulbs, more something, more LCD, even even the Harry Potter ride. Yeah, the I screen agree. parts were a little dark. The, Quidd- I agree the with Quidditch that. parts. They need to brighten it up. The best part about the Transformers ride were was that the front row in our car, because you're in like a vehicle with about twelve people. The front row was a mom and her three sons, and I'll say they were seven, nine, and eleven, and they were all like dressed up like greasers, kind of like they had their hair slicked back, yeah, and they awesome. were just like the cutest little group of rascals. And, and let me tell you something: these little slicked back hair kids were little shits. <laughs> they were it like was very funny, like going going down the ride. Was that Transformers? Yes, or was that, that yeah. was Transformers. Transformers, like I mean, they were grabbing anything that would like hang down. Anywhere. They try and they climb would try it. To climb it grab it smash it yeah punch it run around like it was they were really like the like the little rascals it but was it was crazy. so endearing they, they just look like little gangsters with their slick back hair they were so cute it. and then they got they were in our car and they were in the front row and they were like losing their shit over this transformers ride and so that added so much like so much joy it was fun they there's like a false ending at the end of it where you feel like you're safe and then, because uh, basically the Transformers ride is like you're in the middle of like a Transformer fight, and you're you're you know the uh, the Decepticons are trying to get you, and the Autobots are trying to save you, and so that's you're getting thrown around, and it's as I said, queasy. But you know these kids were screaming like it was real, and then like th- there was like aha, you're finally safe, and then all of a sudden like there's like a switch ending where like you fall through like a. a Plain gla- plate yeah. glass window and then like yeah you fall out of like a 40 story building yeah and these kids when we fell the way they <laughs> screamed was like oh shit we're falling like it was so incredible the high pitch shrieks that came out of these two yeah kids. they were so cute yeah they were the best part of that ride it was it was good and i was trying to make sure that my disney pin didn't fly through the air and poke them in the eyes. That was my main goal, and I, and I succeeded. And so after that, Nick said we went. We walked through a gift shop. Universal merch, not as exciting as Disney merch, but it's still, not. it's not still a nice little place to kind of duck out of the sun, get some AC. And we decided that we would go on one last ride. And what did we pick? Jurassic Park. Yes, and uh, a really good ride. Um, not much to it. I mean, really, there's not this much is, to it. I would say this is one of my top 10 rides of all time. Really? I would say the Harry Potter ride and the Jurassic Park ride are in my top 10. And wow. that is, like, Universal doesn't have that many rides, but they have these two bangers, okay? So the Jurassic Park ride is just the idea. Why don't you set it up for them? Well, this was interesting because I told Ashley this as we were on the ride because we were kind of at this point like, we had just gone on so many rides. We were full of butterbeer, you know, <laughs> like we were always talking nonstop to one another about dumb shit. And so like we didn't pay attention. Playing Pokemon. Yeah. We didn't pay attention to like when we we're online, like sometimes there's some storytelling going on. This ride in particular, there was, and it occurred to me because I had already heard about the ride and knew the story of the ride. It occurred to me that I wasn't thinking in terms of any sort of story, so I wasn't paying attention to anything either. I was just kind of marveling at certain things and just kind of talking to you. And then, like, I would say when we were about uh, a minute into the ride or two men were, you know, at the very beginning, I leaned over to Ashley and I go, are you paying attention to the story of the ride? And Ashley looked at me and went, no. And I was like, <laughs> okay, here's the ride. Um, Basically, we're taking a tour of the Jurassic Park facilities. It's a water ride. You should yes, know that. You're, uh, it's, a, it's a water ride. It's, it's a classic a, it's like log, a log flume. flume deal. Um, and uh, so you're taking a tour of the Jurassic Park uh, you, uh, facilities and it's not... Um, it, you know, it's not 
scary. You know, you're supposed to, it's just like a normal, like if you were, to, you know, on a tour. You know what it is? It is that ride at Epcot that I like so much that no one else likes, Living Off the Land. That's the beginning the of li- the journey. The Living Seas? Living Off the Land. You know the one Epcot yeah, where yeah. you see like the, um, like the farming yeah. and all of that? Yeah, you're just kind of moving through and they're kind of showing you how it's done at, uh, at Jurassic Park and there's all these like nice... Um, uh, I don't know, like uh, people who work there and yeah, screens, like, and it's like getting a tour of a of like a zoo yes. slash museum. Yeah, and then of course something goes wrong, and uh, some dinosaurs escape, and then you are now like in a scary zone where like you know there's a lot of alarms and there's you know people getting eaten and stuff, and uh, it's it's very cool. And of it's course, so fun. a nice a nice healthy big log flume drop at the very end oh yeah um, we saved that for the end because we noticed people kept walking we kept seeing a lot of people <laughs> with wet jeans we would see like, like a mom walk by and just like one leg of her pants would be soaked yeah and we're like okay so jurassic park will get you wet yeah so we'll wait till the end and didn't get us too wet didn't get no me too wet. we didn't get wet Looked at out. all Looked i mean out. i was clinging to you so like the left side of my body was protected yeah um and then i was in the middle i didn't get wet and the two gals sitting next to us were having such a fun time they added to it too. That's that's not something I've had at Disney really, where I've been like this person and their experience on this ride is making this ride more fun. Actually, that's not true. I've had it on Galaxy, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, but I think why it kept happening at Universal is because we were always in a group. There was like every time we would go on the ride, it would be like us and twelve other people. Yeah. Whereas Disney, you're in a private car most of the time. I I do like that uh, on, on Guardians of the Galaxy, um, we do go on it. I, I but I and there it does seem like to be a party on it's that. It's a ride party. All people the time. cheer. What I think is happening is we're always going on it in the evening, and we are in DCA, and they sell drinks in DCA, and I think everybody's like kind of drunk on that ride. I think everybody's kind of drunk on that ride, and I think like childless adults are on that ride yeah, yeah. and like they hear rock music yes the music just... adds as once again music is so important to setting the scene on any in any sort of entertainment absolutely um so yeah but uh what happened we went on jurassic park do, do we try i think we in our minds we would have like hit a gift shop gotten some merch and then gotten some lunch like at uh at city walk or something but after jurassic park i think the both of us kind of looked at each other and we were like, we did it. Let's get the hell we out of here. We did it. And it was like five. Like the park's going to close in an hour. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like 4.30 or something or 4.45, like when we were getting on that ride. And so when we left, like, I was like, you know what? We can get home and have the evening to, right. uh, to ourselves as well. Yeah. And really maximize this surprise day off I had and feel like we did it. So I was like, let's just get the hell out of there and then we'll, we'll figure out food at home or something. And so, yeah. we, so we left. Because we also wanted to watch a movie when we came back, which we did. We yes. watched Encanto. Right. Um, Real quick, I think it's boring. I liked it. I fell asleep like a hundred times in that movie. I had a lot of fun with it, but I wish I had watched it with headphones because a lot of times I was like, what? Like we didn't want to turn it up loud and it's. You know, I just didn't, I did not catch a lot of the dialogue. I just thought it was boring. Yeah, you did think it was boring. And I wonder if that's just because there's no like... Because the house is the central feature, and so it's not like you're watching someone go on a quest. You know, like Lion King, like there's a whole quest that goes on. He like goes out into the wilderness on his own and lives a life and has to come back. It's like the hero's journey. But this is just like all like centered around a house. So yeah, I was. I couldn't tell you like when the movie started to pick up when what it just didn't seem exciting to me at all. I don't know. Probably won't rewatch. 
do miss the days of Pixar movies being about like dinosaurs or something. Nick was like, where are the movies about toys again? Yes. I, I just want like like monsters or inanimate objects to like do crazy things, right. you know, and be funny. It does seem like Pixar has decided that we will now one by one learn about each and every culture uh, through Pixar movies. And it's like, okay, great. And I bet you this is really good for kids and probably adults as well. I kind of want a Monsters, Inc. of some sort. You know, give me another Toy Story. I don't even, I I, see, I think that like, it can be, it can be about cultures, so many different cultures. But the issue is, is for me, sorry, let me just get this out while I'm thinking about it. Yeah, you know what, you know what, man, get that out. (laughs) Is that it's like, it's just so, like, there's like a heaviness to each movie where I feel like I'm learning a big life lesson. Like with Encanto, spoiler alert, close your ears if you haven't seen it. I'll give you a couple seconds. A lot of the characters seem to represent different coping mechanisms, different trauma coping mechanisms. So it felt very heady to me in that way where I was like paying attention to like, you know, intergenerational trauma and how we cope and what it, what's it mean to be special and like how we develop certain aspects of our uh, personality. Man, I just don't need any more of that. And I think that that has been like a thing in the movies is that they're big existential questions that they're kind of tackling you know what movie did that jackass for <laughs> ever the, what movie did that but still was very cartoony and 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 light at times was the movie about the emotions what was that called yes i don't know bing bong's candy shop <laughs> that's all i know dang i wish i could remember <laughs> oh boy that's gonna make but me we all crazy. know that one i liked soul too but i mean honestly both of those movies um the one that we can't remember or soul both are like sad yeah you know it's like i just don't know if i need to be super sad are these movies just sad i guess toy story is toy story sad. sad i think all kids movies are sad toy story was jokes first though baby jokes yeah first. and i guess the first one wasn't that sad the second one they get sadder as they it get goes sadder on. as it goes yeah but jokes give me them joke heavy movies man that's why i gotta go and watch these car movies gosh i really regret like saying everything we were gonna I talk told you about not to. i really I regret told it you not to i like i didn't even remember i didn't even know that we were gonna be talking about universal on this i can't believe we talked so much about universal this is the universal pod now every time i like bring up you know every time i start an episode by being like on today's episode we're gonna talk about x y and z i like to do that just to let people know know what's going to happen but then here we are on this completely different universal adventure and we're not even going to get to those things and what did i tell you folks i said don't 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 you hold it over our heads if we don't get to it nick always tells me not to do that so listen let's go through the list really quick and just kind of like because i do want to talk about love is blind i think what we do is talk about love is blind right now okay and so you think that we save the antique flea market and the neighborhood walk for There's, another pod how about we save the antique flea market for when they watch my vlog where we do the antique flea market what about these snacks from the wall looks like we're just eating them after the pot. we're gonna do it on the patreon we'll do it we'll talk oh, about the good. snacks oh yeah by the way we got to put out some patreons this month because <laughs> i forgetting to cancel i forgot to cancel so folks who are still patreon members um uh the, there will be new content up uh before the month's end so check the clock it's coming soon Soon. It's coming soon, and we're going to try some international snacks and talk about my walk. And never never fails. I throw up a Patreon episode on this main feed, and we grab a couple more Patreon people. Now, if you are new to our podcast and you signed up for our Patreon over the past, I don't know, week or so, 
just know that like we're not really doing the Patreon <laughs> anymore, but I am leaving it up so people can go ahead and just listen into to like the uh, close to binge. fifty episodes. Yeah, that we have there's up a there. back catalog, and we occasionally throw a few up there. And it's not going to be up forever, so it's just not going to be up because yeah. uh, I can't just keep gouging people five dollars a month if we're not putting up content i do feel bad about that but well, I wanna, as we did say before there will be some stuff coming up so, this month yeah we'll talk about the neighborhood walk we'll try the snacks and then i have a surprise for you during that so get ready folks this week get over to the patreon <laughs> patreon.com forward slash reality blows five bucks a month gets you two bonus episodes a month in the past and now this month Maybe one episode. One. We'll try to do two, but probably one. Yes. Let's talk about Love is Blind. Yeah, let's talk about Love is Blind. It's pretty much the only thing I can think about, and anytime I think about it again today, it makes me kind of happy and eager to just really start watching it again. And I think what's going to probably end up happening is we're going to stop this podcast. I'm going to put it up on the internet. We're probably going to watch the rest of the season. We watched five episodes in a row last night yeah we we binged a good a good amount i mean i think it was five apps i think those are hour-long apps ish um first off i'd like to say though season two we're talking yeah season two it just came out a couple weeks ago on netflix i feel the same way nick when i think about it i'm getting excited it's a good show it's the first time in a while that I've had a reality show that's uh, new and airing that I'm excited and pumped up to see. Because we were watching Celebrity Big Brother. We bailed on that. It got yeah. too stressful and it was a bummer. Bailed. I bailed because I wasn't enjoying it enough. I don't think the celebrities did enough for me. It's As you know, if you're Big Brother fans, it's like you have to really be invested in the show in order to actually watch the show correctly. You have to watch live feeds or at least read updates and, and recaps and listen to podcasts and it's can become uh, fully enveloping. And uh, I decided to pull the plug for myself just because as soon as Chris Kattan left, who was the only person I was excited to watch, I was like, this ain't for me. I can't do this anymore. Ashley's like, well, guess what? It's a really good season and there's some really fun people on it and people are making some moves and everybody loves it. And I go, okay, keep me posted. Cut to maybe three, four days later, couple things happened Ashley told me she proclaimed I'm done with Big Brother I'm out brother I'm out I'm out I'm not watching this anymore it sucks and uh, I guess we'll talk about it or Ashley you can tell us why but correct me if I'm wrong the the stuff that has happened on this season of Celebrity Big Brother has possibly um, uh, soiled the experience of watching Big Brother ever for you? I think I'm out on the franchise. Yeah. Every time I watch Big Brother, I get too invested. Things start happening that are upsetting because I'm watching, you know, the the edited version for television. And I'm also paying attention to the feeds. And I just should not have access to human behavior in that way because I get really turned off and disgusted by the way people act when they're trapped in a house and they're trying to win money. Like, I know that that is the, that's the hook, right? That's the bait. That's the, also the hook. But for me, it was just like, I, I don't like watching people behave badly and hurt other people. I'm not into that. It's not entertaining to me. Let's just say it. We enjoyed Shauna on that show. She was making some crazy moves going against the grain of the house. As a matter of fact, pull car, pulls Carson Kressley off the block in a spectacular live move that she made on CBS and Carson Kressley goes ahead, double crosses her, puts her up on the block, sends her home, then gets his ass sent home right afterwards, all because of Todrick. Yeah. I mean, and Todrick, I think it's pretty much known at this point, not 
a baby face on Celebrity Big Brother. He's definitely a heel. He's definitely a bad guy. I mean, I hate to say it, but he's playing an incredible game. But watching him turn, because in order for this move to happen, for him to get Carson to turn on Shauna. Shauna? Shauna. To get Carson to turn on Shauna, he had to poison the well in a significant manner. And it was full on personality, identity, um, just villainization. He made Shauna look so bad and he turned her alliance against her in order to A, punish her for her move and B, to get the outcome that he had wanted, which is getting Carson out. And watching that happen, watching someone get spoken to as if they are, um, you know, bad or unworthy of friendship and kindness and watching someone cry. It's like, what am I doing? Why? This isn't entertaining. I don't like this. For me, it did seem like sticking with this season would have felt like sticking with the Paul season uh, where Josh wins. Because, but even there, you have Josh, who's like, yeah, but Josh was mis- awful. You're right, most Josh of was season. awful. I can't him. believe we liked Josh after that. And at the that. end, he like started like somebody came up to him and were like, "You realize this is gonna be on TV, and your parents are gonna watch this." And then like he immediately changed on the dime to being like a guy who like cared about what people thought, and then eventually just reaped the benefits of being a goat in a in a situation where the person who deserved to win. Uh, really just were, were despicable and uh, to most of the other house. And that happened once again here. The problem this being is Todrick does not realize that everybody's just go- leaving the house, going home, watching TV and talking on Twitter and being influenced by America to come back and vote. Yeah. That's what I don't really understand. Yeah. It's like Todrick can't win this game because he's made himself a villain on the show, but it'd be one thing if everybody was in like quarantine you know, and couldn't, you know, all the the jury was voting without hearing what Twitter had to say. But they're not going to vote for this guy now. Because There's no Twitter way he's going to win. On, like the, these people claim, the people that were on the show claim to be Big Brother fans. So they, they're tapped into the Big Brother fandom. Big Brother fandom is unhappy yeah. with what has gone on. They're not going to award this guy. They're just Absolutely not going not. to. No. We'll see what happens. I might tune in for you know, the the live night maybe just to see what happens if something crazy happens. But I don't know. Seems like the epitome of bad um, jury management. Mm-hmm. But, but what do I know? Not watching the show. Anyway, I'm out. And I think I'm out on Big Brother for a while. We'll see what happens. But that's not the point. The point is, is that... We've heard some rumblings of people watching Love is Blind. We love the first season so much. Do you guys remember that happened right? Was that right at the beginning of quarantine that that came on Netflix? I think it was, yeah. And it was like part of Netflix had like a series of reality shows that came out. Because I remember being like, we're kind of like Love is Blind. Right. Because they, and we were like that with The Circle too, because they had The Circle, Love is Blind. Oh yeah, no, I think I was probably more like, we're like The Circle. (laughs) They had The Circle, Love is Blind, and then I think they had that show Too Hot to Handle, which was ultimately a dud of a show. But um, we loved season one, and then so we were pumped about season two. We started watching it last night, and boy, oh boy, it delivers. Uh, Love is Blind season two rocks, Uh, and I don't know what it is. I don't. We. I mean, we watch so much TV, especially like reality TV in this household, so it's tough to sort of remember everything. But I feel like this season of Love is Blind season two, they have sped it up a bit. 
And yes, absolutely. I just feel like we were like hanging out in those pods for so much longer in the first season. And that was interesting in its own right. And you kind of yeah. got to know a lot of people. But here you do not get to know anybody that you're not going to follow around at all. And two, you only see them court each other in the pods for what, a episode and a half? Basically. I mean, I think we had an engagement after the first app. And I, every yeah, there was an engagement every single episode until they all left, which was, I guess, maybe they all like leave in like three or four episodes. Yeah. To go to- there was a couple of engagements. Some episodes like doubled up. Right. But my, f- oh, go ahead. It, it's just, it added so much to it because it was like all of a sudden now we're getting to the point of the show that you really want which is like, yeah, it's cute, them kind of getting to know each other and it's kind of makes for funny moments and blah, blah, blah. But if you're not going to commit to like showing the drama that happens in each of the pods, you know, which they did not hear at all. Um, we just want to see what happens when they meet each other and then now have to be with each other and then now have to be forced to marry each other or not. Like get to it and they are getting to it and it's so exciting. And then on top of that, they have some pretty decent casting on this one. Uh, I, I feel like this season's kind of people maybe rival some of the goofballs on the first season. And there's one guy on this show that is really just fantastic. It might have been. What was, I mean, no one's ever going to beat that couple from season one. It was Cameron and who knows Lauren. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, they were just, they were casting gold. They were so fun to watch. They were so compelling. I still follow them on Instagram, which is says something because I usually stop following people after you've been off the show for a few months. I can't help it. I just don't, when you pop up on my feed, I don't want to see it anymore. Uh, apologies. Okay. But this, no one's going to beat them. But this season, there is a guy on there who is such a goof who comes across as like maybe a psychopath in the first couple of episodes. Like we were talking about how some women dodged a bullet with him. And then by mid season, I'm like, he's my favorite. And I think he's a good guy. Yeah. And he winds up in a relationship, at least to the point that we're watching right now, that sort of fits him and you're kind of rooting for in a strange way. Yeah. And it now turns out, I don't even want to, I mean, people haven't seen this show before, so I'm going to spoil a little bit of it. So get the <laughs> hell out of here if you're having a problem now, because we're going to is... just shut the, we're shutting the pod down after we make a couple more statements about yeah. this. So have fun. Goodbye. Uh, we see my, watch my damn uh, vlog. So for those of us that want to know. It, it, it does seem like in the middle of this season now, it's like another one of those situations where like a salty, you know, mid thirties blonde woman is going to now trying to like tear down the walls of this relationship and go for this goofball. I mean, they are hinting at her, you know, attempting a sabotage. I mean, it's crazy how closely this follows season Shocking. one, right? Because we're talking, like, Nick and, is talking and, and about a character from, two characters from Mark season one, and I forgot, Jessica. Jessica. It was Jessica right. and Mark. And he, Jessica, Mark was like a younger guy and Jessica was a, you know, a woman. In, I'm 34 and he's 23. Yes, that was like the whole thing and she kind of strings him along and makes him look like a doof. Well, here, this woman, Shayna, um, it like, and who's the other dude? What's the dude's name? Andrew? Oh, the guy's name. I don't know her guy's name. No. But like she makes this guy look like a doof immediately. Yeah. I feel bad for him. I mean, he's like another one of these Mark guys. And and it sucks because he kind of looks like the guy too. And she kind of looks like fucking whatever. I mean, he's kind of he looks a little shorter and then she's blonde and busty, but also like still skinny and looks like there's a great deal of Botox happening. and, And once again, you have these this like 
basically these dudes who are in their 20s, these like who, you know, who have like stubble and like, yeah, they, are, there's like, construction kind of like workers a, and stuff. And then it's just like has like a super big boner for like this kind of like brassy talking mid 30s. I'll teach you how to fuck lady. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like a weird. <laughs> it is like uh, sorry to be crude, but it is like a, you know, it is like a thing that it's a fascinating it's dynamic. It's a fascinating dynamic that plays out in real life mm-hmm. in some ways. And you're just watching these like puppy dog idiot guys <laughs> fall into this trap of this lady who the lady who's like, I'm not going to wind up with this. Like guys who have like boy. the mattress on the floor and like only one shed of, set of sheets. Right. Those kind of guys. And then like some woman who has like a decent career who's yeah. like has maintained her cuteness in, in you know, close to her 40s and like fulfills a certain fantasy for a certain type of guy yeah um and that happens to be these stubbly <laughs> poor kids <laughs> they don't think they're poor the the other guy was really poor remember he lived with a roommate no i think he just lived with roommates because he was like 21 but she was so much higher on the total she was like part. a vp of yes like, and yeah. this woman seems yeah. the same he met her in like manhattan somewhere and like a downtown thing and you just the way she carried herself, she's the same woman. I think they're in Chicago. Yeah, she seems right, like she would be Chicago, like, yes. I run my own PR business. Yes, like she has her shit together and doesn't really need a man and just kind of is wrapped up in being on this reality show and like a young guy who she hears his voice like fawning over him. And then the reality hits these women and they go, I can't like be with this fucking guy. This like little this horny re- guy. Yeah, this little <laughs> horny guy. Like, oh, I'm there's not, just, I don't want to like, laugh at I think at I'm them. better than this little horny guy. No, I can't it's not. I feel bad for these guys guy. because it's no, not, no, no. they're good guy. I mean, I don't know if Mark was good, but this guy on season two, I, I do like him. Um, he's an atheist. Well, let's not, let's also say the fact that he's an atheist and she doesn't believe in evolution. That's how. That was shocking. And he was like, she, is. she was like, that's going to be a problem. And he's, he's like, like no, nah, he's like, well, no, how's that going to be a problem? No. I have a big hard boner right now. How is that going to be a problem? Somebody tell me how it's going to be a problem that I am a steadfast atheist and you literally believe, literally believe we came from Adam and Eve. Um, I'm not too sure how that's going to be a problem because I'm real horny and I'm in this pod. And then she he like was, flies to Chicago and she's like, yeah, still not into it. And he's, he's like, I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Yeah. How's it not going to work? He was like, she was like, you don't believe in the Big Bang Theory. And he was like, well, of course I do. But um, tell me more about you. Like... <laughs> It, I mean, it's wild. It's really, it's really wild. And then now this Shayna woman is like, yeah. keeps bringing up the fact that she's like, because she had another date that she was dating, which was this guy, Shane, who is better for her than this other guy. She will like this guy more. I She'll be- like Shane more. Because- I guarantee you, Shane, she finds out, Shane will go, what's up with religion? And then he'll she'll go, yeah, I don't believe in evolution. She's like, well, he'll be like, oh man, that's crazy. All right, let's go play volleyball. <laughs> yeah. Like he doesn't care at all. But he's also, I feel like she's superficial and Shane is like. Fulfills that for her. He has his own reality company. And this is, seems like the kind of woman who would have her own reality and company. And let's be honest, both times, Mark and what's her name? Jessica? Yeah. And this guy and Shayna? Yeah. The guy is shorter than her. Yeah. So this dude is I tall. I hope that's not the ki- I, I hope that's not the is. issue. I do think but, the height has something to do with but it. But Jessica and Shayna both do come across. And I think Shayna even more. Like, I think Jessica was at least kind of like funny and kind of, you know, she was accepted her flaws 
I don't actually know if that's true. I don't Listen, know if she was aware of them. Face but it, you're you're judging this person based on the fact that they don't believe that dinosaurs existed. I might be. Shana doesn't just Shana doesn't seem as nice as Jessica. Right. But I will say that. Oh shit! I forgot what I was going to say. What was I saying? You were talking about uh, how. Oh, they both seem superficial. Yes. Because they both seem, to, they both seem superficial. Yeah. So I could see hype being an issue. <sighs> Listen, folks. You got to get into season two, Love is Blind. We're going to get into the rest of it today. I wait, think. are we done talking about yeah, it? Yeah, we're done. We got to watch it. No, this wait, show. I have two more thoughts. Okay, go for two it. Two more thoughts. Okay, go for it. Um, I'm just very into the fact that I was able to, through a series of scenes, really change my impression and overall feeling of a character. So I am talking about the Shane guy. I was so put off by him in the first two episodes, and now I'm rooting for him so hard, and it can... it. When it, when you have that big of a shift, it's the personality. I don't think editing can do that. I agree. I think that he's he does seem like kind of a good guy. He's like totally warmed up on me. Well, like he was thing, giving. The, an, the, yeah. The thing about him is, I think he's really innocent. Yes. And when he was giving another guy advice, yes. he was like, you just got to open your mind and like take this for what it is and really give this a shot. Yes. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's so he just seemed genuine. Like a, he seemed like a big dumb idiot for a long time. Yeah. And now we're seeing, we saw his softer side and kind of what he's like a little bit more. You get to know him. You're like, oh, this guy's adorable. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? He's like a puppy dog. He's got big weird eyes, big goofy <laughs> teeth. He has a stupid voice, a like, dumb laugh, but he's like kind of a big dude. Like yeah. he's like a big kind of muscular athletic guy and he's like a blonde guy he kind of looks like an action hero from like 1990 100% he's like he, a Dolph Lundgren look he takes care of his body so I mean he's he's a catch in some ways you know and he's the problem is and this could be something that like you probably don't even realize in real life but we realize it because we're watching it on television his eyes are like always a little too open you know what I mean like the camera catches him having a shocked look a lot yeah yeah he looks crazy but <laughs> Good you luck to he, him and Natalie. Now that I'm realizing it, I'm totally pulling for Shane and Natalie, okay? That is the couple I'm rooting for. Sure. But Shayna, the other girl, yes. she always has her eyes closed. Like, yes. she's trying to see something in the distance. So you're trying to say, like, they might be a really good match because, like, his eyes are open as much as her eyes are closed. Exactly. Folks, this has been the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Go check out our Patreon. We'll be doing one this month. Hey, you can check out all the other episodes we ever put out on patreon.com forward slash reality blows and also i do a vlog that ashley is heavily featured in you can watch that for free on youtube new episodes every thursday 10 a.m eastern 7 a.m pacific new episodes premiere last episode ashley surprised me and we went to the arboretum of los mm -hmm. angeles i believe yeah. we talked about it on this podcast well we did a vlog there it's a really fun vlog. Go over there. That's youtube.com forward slash Nick Maritato. That's N-I-C-K-M-A-R-I-T-A-T-O. And you can always catch the link in the description. Folks, we love you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye.